This week, we dug to the back of the freezer to pull out a few things that didn't quite fit into other recent shows, like just how much Skyrim Pitney really plays, and me reading an excerpt from Jenna Jameson's memoir to see if Pitney can guess what celebrity about whom she was spilling some rather interesting sexual tea. Then, a bit of cattiness about some Rush superfans. And finally, Pitney takes us on a woo shopping trip through Target. Bon appétit! Yesterday morning, you bathed between eleven thirty <laughs> and eleven forty-five a.m. I don't uh-huh. know the exact time. Okay. But I officially reached a thousand hours playing Skyrim. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, this is what happens when you don't have a regular job. <laughs> <laughs> A thousand hours. That's a lot. That's a lot of hours. That is a lot of fucking hours. And you know, you you know the theory of ten thousand hours, right? I think Mm -mm. it's is it Malcolm Gladwell? I hope I hope it's Malcolm Gladwell because if it's not, then I'm just pulling his name out of thin air. But the uh, the idea that that a person can become like expertly proficient at anything that they want as long as they're willing to put 10,000 hours in. And uh, I, I I tend to believe that that's true because there's a lot of people who claim, oh, music is my life. I am all about creating music, but they never, ever want to practice and they never actually create music ever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you don't get to just say that it's your life. You have to actually do something because a lot of people just go, but I want it though. It's like that's not enough. So, I re- I tend to believe the ten thousand hours thing. But if you think of that in terms of, you have played Skyrim for a thousand hours. Yeah. If you multiply that by ten, that number of hours could have been spent becoming really good at something. <laughs> I know, but you know. So you could you could become really 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 good at Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I I know I I I appreciate that other people are into video games. I just don't. I there's there's very few things in the world I would want to spend that much time doing. I don't want to spend that much time having sex. And I you really know, like that. Is like my friends in the game. I think about them at night. I think about other, them during the day. You mean just other characters that hang out with your character? Yeah, just like That's the what friends means? Okay. Just, and then it's like, if something happens and like, say Eric the Slayer is my follower right now. And, and by follower you mean? he dies in a battle. Okay. 
I will go back to a previous save and renege everything that I've gained to save Eric the Slayer. Because I can't go on in my life without Eric the Slaver being my companion. <laughs> so that's that's like the Skyrim version of necromancy? Yeah, because... It's, <laughs> it's so going, like, reverting these, to a previous save. <laughs> these characters and these followers, they're not video game characters. They're friends. They're confidants. Do they do anything besides just run around near your character, though? No. Okay. But Eric the Slayer, he is like my love and my confidant and my lover. And without him, I would be nothing. And and by you, you mean your character in Skyrim? No, I mean me <laughs> in real life. Oh, uh, see, what what's the point of bathing <laughs> if Eric the Slayer is some ones and zeros? In a machine. Uh, but he's not because, you know, I have a psychic spiritual connection. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why you need to join a cult. This is why you would be so easy to and get sucked into a cult. <laughs> that is real. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why there isn't already a cult of Skyrim people. I'm not being very convincing, am I? Because I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I don't know if the laughing is the problem. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't think the laughing is the is the is the problem with your argument. <laughs> Spike. We can give them a drop that they can plan out their yes, shows. Yes, I think we've uh, got to find some time and get get time to do, do that. I think we should do it right now. I think we should do it right now. Look, I'll show you how easy it is, Spike. <laughs> Watch this. I'm just going to do it live. Okay, do it live. Like that bloke screams. I'm just going to do it live. Watch this. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical... Ske- I can't do it now. <laughs> I can't speak. Too much pressure. I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try again. Take 52. Hi, this is Dr. Dan from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the most bitchin' boutique... That was easy, wasn't it? Okay. They could send us one, we could play it in ass. Yeah, yeah. Right, you do it. Yeah. Right, off What you do go. you want me to say? Whatever, whatever comes to mind. Hi, this is Spike from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, who ain't no bitch, but you're listening to The Bitchin' Boutique. Oh, that was good. I think I hope they use that. Let's see if they cut it and put it in their next <laughs> Diplomatic community. <laughs> surprise for Pitney. Oh my god. So, um, I am just now making Pitney aware of the existence of a book. A memoir by Jenna Jameson called How to Make Love Like a Porn Star A Cautionary Tale. Yes, and oh my god, which I did not know this even existed. It's terribly, terribly exciting. As it says on the cover, uncut, uncensored. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. the reason why I am 
mentioning this is there is a story that she tells. I mean, clearly she's someone who has had sex with lots of people being as she is Jenna Jameson and all that. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, I was particularly amused by, uh, one particular celebrity sex partner that she had. And what I would like to do is read to you some excerpts from Jenna Jameson's memoir, where she is talking about this particular celebrity. Um, and I'm, I would like Pitney to, to try to see if he can guess who this celebrity is that Jenna Jameson was fucking. Oh my God. Is it Tom Cruise? You have not heard any of this yet. (laughs) So we're going to play a little game called who is, who is Jenna fucking? Okay. 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 So, um, chunk number one. So, uh, at this point she is talking about being at a movie premiere because she, oh, at the movie premiere of the Howard Stern private parts movie. Cause she had a small part in that. Um, okay. After the red carpet, we went to a cocktail reception before the movie. I looked into the tangle of celebs and VIPs and saw, towering over all of them, blank. I wanted to meet him, especially since I used to strip to his music. Ah, Before the thought left my mind, he was standing in front of me. Oh my God, hi, I squeaked. (laughs) And I'm going to jump ahead. The first thing blank asked me was how I draw my eyebrows on. He kept pumping me for makeup tips. (laughs) Jumping ahead. Okay. He has asked her, do you want to be my date? Because they're both at this event. I agreed. I followed him to his seat. Corey Feldman was a few rows in front of us. And for some reason, Blank was obsessed with Corey Feldman. He kept throwing popcorn at the back of his head all night and reciting lines from Dream a Little Dream. Uh. Jumping ahead. Now we are in this celebrity's hotel room, okay? Oh, yeah. We've jumped quite a bit ahead. Let's take a bath, he said in a voice numb, deep, and slow from painkillers when we walked into his room. He didn't give me time to respond. He just drew the bath, took off his clothes, and got in. It was strange to see him naked. He was tall, girlish, childlike, massively endowed, Ah! and covered in scars in various stages of healing. I had a preconceived notion that the sex would be crazy. But he was so tender and loving. He washed me from head to toe, working on my feet for a good five minutes. My tan line seemed like such a novelty for him. Then he went down on me for nearly an hour. It took me, it took me that much time alone to even, oh my God, you're laughing so hard. It took me that much time alone to even assimilate the image of the naked God of fuck eating me out his white butt in the air. (laughs) <laughs> uh, do you have any ideas yet oh my god it has to be fucking michael jackson right no it's not we're, we're moving on oh my god it's not moving on 
Without drying off, we moved to the bed. He started sucking on the soft underside of my arm, which I'd never have any, had anyone do before. It was a turn on at first, but he didn't stop and it got to be vampirish. That was the only thing he did that seemed the slightest bit kinky. I'm going to skip this, actually, because this... Oh my god, is it Prince? Uh, no. Moving on. Uh, okay. So I, I skipped a lot of the description of the sex because there's actually... I, I it's, it's hard to admit this, but there's a part... I might read it to you later, but just not on the show. There's a part that actually is incredibly hot to me, which disturbs ah! me. But I'll move on. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Afterward, blank, started calling me every day. When I wasn't there, he would leave me half humorous, half insane messages about wanting to set me on fire or feed me to Corey Feldman. Oh my god, it is not fucking Michael Jackson. No! Oh. The more I got to know him, the weirder he became. He would talk about wanting to see girls fuck prosthetic limbs. Or suck blank's dick. This is uh, someone associated with a celebrity. And I'd okay. never be able to tell to what degree he was joking and to what degree he was serious. And he wanted to fuck me in the ass a little too often for my comfort. Every time we were naked, he'd be going for my butt like a rat to cheese. Okay. That's the last thing I'm going to read. So, white butt sticking up in the air, god of fuck, uh, obsessiveness with Corey Feldman, which threw me off. Oh my god. He's, I mean, this... It's so, so funny, oh my god. I know. So... And she used to strip to his... of his fucking Michael Jackson is not Michael so Jackson. so utterly not Michael Jackson. She used to strip to his music. This is a porn star stripping to someone's music. Someone she's calling the god of fuck. Someone who asked her for makeup tips. Oh my god, it's not Ace, is it? Ace Fraley? No, it is not. Vinny Vincent. Okay, I said a celebrity. <laughs> no one fucking knows who Vinny Vincent is. <laughs> Oh my god. Tall, girlish, um, childlike, covered in scars in various stages of healing. Oh my god. Really into her feet. Oops. I don't know, RuPaul. A white butt up in the air. It's a white person who's a little vampirish, uh, skinny and tall. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know if you're ever going to get it. Oh my it. God, I have no idea. Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to read uh, a sentence again where I reference someone, but, but blanked out his name. I'm going to fill okay. in the name of the associate. How about that? Okay. Okay. He would talk about wanting to see girls fuck prosthetic limbs or suck Twiggy's dick. Oh, Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. Ding, 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 oh! ding, ding. <laughs> Okay, so now it all makes sense. <laughs> so now you know what Marilyn Manson is like in bed. Oh my God, because remember we met Twiggy. We did meet Twiggy. Well, we you sort of, I guess you can say you smoked a cigarette with Twiggy because you and Twiggy smoked cigarettes near each other. That counts. 
Yeah, and I think that he was delighted that we didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> I, I hope so. You know. Although it, it wouldn't surprise me if he had been angry about it, because I love it when, I love it when, like, you know, rock stars, such as they are, uh, when they get angry because I don't give a fuck about them. Oh, yeah, but no, I don't, I didn't get the impression that, I think he was amused. <laughs> now, I wonder how he felt when he came in to DJ the dance, and as soon as he started, as soon as he started affecting the music, everybody left. This was at Frightmare years ago. Oh my God, that's right. That did he ruined happen, the dance. It? Yes, he ruined the dance. God damn it! <laughs> oh my God. Oh Twiggy, Twiggy Ramirez, that's his that's name. That's right. Huh? Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you want to say about Ms. Manson? No, but oh my God. And what? Yeah. What no, is? I totally thought it was Michael Jackson. I know, and that would have that would have had a Corey Feldman connection. I understand that, but the obsessiveness with Corey Feldman, like what the fuck, the connection between him and Corey Feldman. I just I want to know everything. I want to know why. But like the weird like, I don't like to think Marilyn Manson is being like massively hung. That's like really scary to me because he's so not attractive. I can't imagine having a big old cock. Well, he's really tall. Tall, skinny guys frequently do, though. Oh, I know, and I bet it's, like, nasty and veiny and uncut. I don't think it's uncut. He's from Florida. Oh. Uh. Okay, we really need to stop having the conversation keep going around to circumcision. Okay, okay. Every yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. seems to be going back to that these days. Well, hello, America, and thanks for coming. My name's Seth. What's yours? Hey, it's Jamal. And Stony. Have you ever had Drag Race withdrawal? You know the symptoms. Not enough glitter, eyelashes not staying glued down, and that red itchy rash that just won't go away. Uh, you should see a doctor for that. And the only prescription for your blues is more Thanks for Coming, the most magically gay podcast. With at least 150 podcasts, seven seasons of Drag Race coverage under our belt, and topical queer discussions, there's a little bit for everyone here. That's right. We're even featured on Cosmopolitan's list of top seven RuPaul's Drag Race podcasts that spill the hottest tea. Join us every week as we bring you a fun recap of the latest episode of whatever season we're covering. It'll make you feel like you're back on the couch discussing the latest episode of Drag Race with all your friends. Stop by thanksforcomingpodcast.com. For links to listen on your platform of choice, links to all of our social media and recent happenings. Oh, crrr. what are you waiting for? Go check us out, Hanny. Thanks for coming, a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. So, um, a little while back, uh, the drummer from Rush died. Mm-hmm. And, um... I think I don't I don't know if it's come up before, but um, in fact, it, oh, it, it may have in like one of our earlier episodes. But you and I not Rush fans, not like. Yeah, no, not, not so much. Not not, not so much. in a way of being like, oh, my God, I hate Rush necessarily. But it's just, you know, sometimes sometimes something just doesn't it's not my thing, you know. <sighs> 
But there is something I find, and, and fandoms can frequently be this way. I don't think Rush fans would like to consider themselves a fandom the way, say, DC comic book fans are. Or, oh, but they totally but are. They are. They totally are. And no, in fact, so I have a good friend, right? Big fan of Rush, mm-hmm. and I remember. Oh my God, this was years ago, and I remember. You know, I don't like them, <laughs> right? But maybe I could. So you know, lend me some CDs, and I'll listen to them. And see if I can get into it. Because maybe I'm missing out on something. Right, maybe some deep cuts or something might be the thing to turn you around. And I I did, and I was just like, you know, I love you, and I respect your fandom for this band, but yeah, I don't like them. Mm -mm, Can't get into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you and me as KISS fans, it's the same way. The fandom is dedicated. The people love or hate. Right. And even though I love them, I don't go after people. That's one of the things I wanted that I'm bringing up. Yeah. It doesn't bother me if someone doesn't like a band that I like. It really seriously doesn't bother me. But I, but I want to bring up something that happened sometime after the drummer from Rush, Neil Peart. I think that's the way you're supposed to pronounce his name. Peart. Anyway, uh, after he died, well, someone, posted because oh my god my timeline in every form of social media became completely and utterly filled with rush like even by people who i had no idea they were into rush you know there's Mm -hmm. the people who never shut up about it and then there's the other people and it was like oh my god i may just i may hurt my thumb scrolling past all of this content that i'm not interested in but you know i didn't say a damn thing because Someone they love died, and I and I'm not an asshole. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But someone posted, not anyone I know, but someone posted a, an aerial photograph, like a photograph from overhead, of his drum kit, and they said, "Oh, a beauty to behold." Oh yeah, I know. I can see that, and it's goddamn utter stupidity. Yeah, it's a, it's a little excessive. So here's here's the thing. It is. Fucking utter stupidity. There's, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just count. Okay, symbols, symbols alone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That I can see, but there seem to be other symbols underneath the symbols I can see. There's at least one gong. There's like a what is that? A xylophone? I don't know. Uh, there's ten billion drums. Okay, of all different sorts. So, oh yeah, it's utter stupidity. I I tweeted this picture and all I said was, so I'm supposed to look at this and not make fun of how pretentious and stupid this drum kit is? Now, I I want to ask you real quick. Did I say anything about Rush? No. In that? No. Did I say anything no. about whether or not Neil Peart is a talented drummer? No. No, I did not. So here's some responses from randos 
Well, how is it stupid? Each section was tuned for different styles and genres of music, which Neil made full use of on stage, especially during his tributes to Buddy Rich. Oh, please, he's a goddamn drummer. It sounds like a goddamn drum. Shut the fuck up. And it was like... uh, so in the middle of a rush show, he would do tributes to Buddy Rich. I mean, I don't know. I would never be at one of these shows. Buddy Rich is like an old jazz drummer. I think Peter Chris. Oh like, please! I don't. A, a drum is a goddamn drum. Shut the fuck up. I mean, there are very talented drummers out there, but okay. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna continue. Yeah, Here's someone yeah. else. Is it a lot to look at? Yeah, but the dude rocked every bit of that kit. Nothing for show, just straight up virtuosity. Shut the fuck up. He could have sounded exactly the same on a quarter of the amount of drums. Absolutely. So I, I responded to that guy because I decided, I said, did I say one thing about whether or not the guy from Rush played the drums well? I'm talking about a ridiculous and comically excessive drum kit, the percussion equivalent of a monster truck. So the guy says... Yeah, but me in a monster truck, I'd be a douche compensating for a small dick. This friggin' guy used everything in the photo. Now, okay. Oh, please, whoever that is, I want him shot. I have no idea who it is. I have absolutely no idea. So anyway, so here's the thing. (laughs) We came up, we are Gen X people. We came up in the 80s. In the 80s, during the hair metal years, drum kits went from being a thing that would be like in front of a drummer. I mean, I guess to some extent this started in the 70s because Peter Chris had kind of a ridiculously excessive drum kit as well. Oh, yeah. But in the 80s, those drum kits became bigger and bigger and bigger. And remember Tommy Lee having Mm -hmm. a drum kit that was all like, like on some kind of a gimbal thing and everything was like attached and he was like strapped to his stool and the thing would raise up and it would turn upside down. Turn upside down. And it was like 10,000 drums (laughs) and he's somehow drumming upside down means he's a good drummer. Utter stupidity. As, as someone I personally, uh, play the guitar i haven't played in a while but i was pretty fucking good when i did play and i remember um an argument in a in guitar player magazine where someone couldn't understand why they did an entire issue about eric clapton because ingve malmsteen can play so much faster than eric clapton Ah, and i'm just gonna say uh, uh, yes girl playing shredding super fast on the neck of a guitar doesn't make you more talented Having more drums, even if you touch all of them, does not make you a more talented drummer. Ringo Starr in the 60s had three drums and one cymbal. And he played the fuck. You you will never convince me that Ringo Starr isn't a great drummer. Three drums and a cymbal. Now, eventually he got a few more because it was the style. But in the 60s, a drummer did not need to compensate for the size of their dick the way a big drum kit would do. And I'm sorry, I don't care if someone loves this band and I don't care if someone thinks this guy is the greatest drummer ever. He might actually be the greatest drummer ever. But if he was, in fact, 
the greatest drummer ever, he wouldn't need 10,000 drums. For any fucking reason. And I don't care who the fuck he is. He is not as good as Eric Carr was. Eric Carr had a lot of drums too. And he was also about not four and a half feet Eric tall. Carr. And you couldn't see him behind his drums. Yeah, not as good as Eric Carr. I don't care who the fuck this asshole is. No. Mm-mm. But just, oh, the fact that, and I'm going back to the idea of the fandom again. I did not say one goddamn thing in my tweet about whether or not that guy was talented and fucking randos came at me for daring to insult their God. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I don't actually have to be a fan of Rush and you don't have to come out of fucking nowhere to let me know that you jack off to Neil Peart drum solos. You don't have to tell me that, Rando. You don't have to mansplain that shit at me. All I did was make fun of a comically enormous drum kit. Yes. And what's fun about this is I wonder if saying this in this episode will cause Rush fans to share it amongst each other and how and and suddenly legions of what do they call themselves R- rushites i don't know do they have a name i don't Ru- know <laughs> rushies uh that they will all come at me for daring to suggest that i don't give a shit about this guy it doesn't mean you can't like them like anything you want you can like justin bieber if you want i don't fucking care Not everything is made for me. But I'm allowed to make a joke about something as ridiculous as that drum kit. And it was, yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. I mean... And I will say, Eric Carr's drum kit was fucking outrageous and stupid. But it also existed during a time period... As the hugest Kiss fan in the world, I will yeah. say that you know it was ridiculous. Yeah, he, but he also he also was a drummer during the time period where that was what a, a drum kit looked like because everyone was doing that. This guy, this is a drum kit that existed last year. I mean, and oh it's, please, it's a goddamn drummer. You need what do you need? Three drums and a cymbal. You do, yeah, exactly. Up. You don't need more. It's than a that. goddamn drummer. Who? It's cares? like if I, as a guitarist, had someone create for me a guitar with ten necks on it. That doesn't make me a better guitarist. That makes me stupid. It's totally. It's the stupid. equivalent of a guitar with ten necks. Don't it's fucking totally come at stupid. me. I'm right, and you fucking know I am. So totally go stupid. back to your bedroom, go put on your Rush albums, get out the Nivea, and just jack it all night if that's what you need to do. Because I ain't having it. Absolutely. And also, Getty Lee <laughs> sings like a fucking chipmunk. There I said it. Everyone knows that that's true. Well, his mind is not for rent. <laughs> I think that's the only song I know from a Rush song. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Breathe deeply, deeply. The year of woo.
this episode of Woo, I'm going to have a little bit of fun making fun of things. Imagine that. You know, working in retail, I've realized that you see a lot of woo that you may not really realize there is woo. Like a mundane example would be like Target now sells a whole series of black candles. They have big tapers, little tapers, pyramid-shaped candles big pedestal candles, um, and it's really, really interesting. The white, the brown, the green, the yellow, all have sold out. Nobody wants to buy the black because it's witchy. So, of course, I bought one of each of the black. But anyway, that was just a little bit of an interesting thing. Black candles, yeah, too much for the general public. But one thing that I'm very, very amused by is the goddamn quartz and jade facial rollers. Because, oh my god, really? Do you really think rubbing a piece of goddamn rose quartz on your face is going to make you more peaceful and make you love yourself more? Yeah, no, it's not. And do you really think that buying the jade one is really, really going to erase all the negative energy in your life? Yeah, no, it's not. It's just a stupid waste of money. Um, I understand and through a little bit of research, which is largely pointless because this whole facial roller thing is stupid. Apparently, it's an ancient Chinese thing to, you know, massage your face with, like, you know, sacred stones. Whatever. It sounds like a pastime of the rich to me. And in one of an article that I had read, some, you know, beauty consultant for some big beauty company had said, well, the only reason that women would ever use a facial roller is if they just have too much time on their hands. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of fabulous. Apparently, the only benefit that it does actually have is if you're a little puffy, if you're a little swollen, you can kind of use the rollers to kind of massage those fluids down toward the lymph nodes, which will clean the fluids out. But your body does that naturally anyway. So facial rollers, a bunch of woo-woo horseshit. The other thing that I find very amusing in Target, there is in the pharmacy department an entire little section that's dedicated to aromatherapy. And it's like, yes, you know, yes, it's very soothing. Nice smells are nice. Are they going to really cure you of depression or mental illness or cancer or relieve pain? No, I don't think so. That's just some woo-woo fucking horseshit right there. You know, but furthermore in the store that I find a lot of mockable woo things are, you know, say you go into the grocery department and I will say that nothing annoys me more, and this is a long-standing thing of mine, nothing annoys me more than when people talk about goddamn apple cider vinegar. Please. Are you making a salad? No, you're not. So don't talk about goddamn apple cider vinegar like it's a thing. You don't swallow it. You don't take pills for it. Because it's stupid and it does nothing. You know, there's all these people. You have diabetes. Don't go to a doctor. Drink apple cider vinegar. You want to lose weight? Don't exercise. 
Drink apple cider vinegar. Anyway, yeah, I've known a lot of weird, hippy-dippy, ultra-woo-woo people that were way into the apple cider vinegar. And just seeing a bottle of it pisses me off. And the other thing that irritates me, you know, the apple cider vinegar of choice for the extremely woo is the Braggs. And the Braggs also makes this utter stupidity called liquid aminos. And I have known people, mostly vegetarians, mostly part of what I like to call the organic elite, who think they're too goddamn good to eat real food, that swear by liquid aminos. Because, you know, if you don't want to eat anything other than broccoli... Put some liquid aminos on it and it makes it a protein. No, it does not make it a protein. I have read on three different sources that liquid aminos has no benefits at all. Because any protein that the aminos in the liquid aminos would have is not enough high concentration to make a difference. So just shut the fuck up and buy some soy sauce because it's the same goddamn thing. And if you're one of those people that are allergic to gluten, I will say the liquid aminos of the sort that is made from coconut is gluten-free, tastes just like soy sauce. You can use that if, if you are one of the 1% of people that actually have a problem with gluten. Because 99% of people that have a problem with gluten do not have a problem with gluten. But anyway, yeah, liquid aminos. Goddamn liquid aminos. And the other thing that I hate in the grocery department is the goddamn Ezekiel bread. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this crime against food, but it is a bread that you have to buy, you know, refrigerated. And my understanding of it is it's just like sprouted grains that are like mushed together. I don't really know and I don't care because I've tasted it and it's gross and I've had to buy it for somebody before and it's really expensive and it's stupid. And the worst thing about it is, okay, one, uh, the main brand of it is food for life. I'm sorry, you don't get more woo organic elite horseshit than that. But what's really gross about it is its very existence is biblical. And it is called that because apparently from Ezekiel, there is a quote, take also unto thee wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and spelt and put them in one vessel. Boom. Not only is it Christian horseshit, it's organic elite horseshit. So yeah, avoid the Ezekiel bread. It's goddamn stupid. You want that extra fiber? Just shut up and take some Metamucil like everybody else. Uh, please. Anyway, and another food-related thing, even though it's not food... I have a friend who is wooer than woo, and I love her dearly, but oh my god, we can barely have conversations about things because she is so out there. And one of the things that she is really out there about, she went through a phase and tried to make her husband do this as well, where she was really into drinking hydrogen peroxide. 
Because, you know, drinking hydrogen peroxide is supposed to take more oxygen in your body. And it can make you healthier. And it can even cure cancer. Drink hydrogen peroxide. Don't go to the doctor. Drink hydrogen peroxide. And I guess, God, maybe if you did an apple cider vinegar enema on top of that, oh my God, that could be the cure-all for everything, I suppose. But anyway, any amount of research says that there is no benefit whatsoever to drinking hydrogen peroxide. And it is goddamn stupid. Anyway, so yeah, grocery store woo. Target woo, Walmart woo, it surrounds us if you know where to look. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you! was a point oh i didn't i didn't read this part but there was a point where she was making out with him in a in a limo and um when she got out of the limo people were looking at her funny and she realized later it was because she had black lipstick smeared all over her face because his lipstick was all over her <laughs> i thought that was cute. <laughs> see that's fabulous